Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Nedaku Gaming Podcast. We are now living in a post-corona in Doom Eternal world, so that's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, with me today, as usual, is my co-host, Robin. Robin, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm all right, dude. I'm okay. Doing fine. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, we had a slow news week. Um, slow gaming news week, anyway, uh, this week. So, uh, we're going to get uh, right into our topic for the week, which um, is the essential games for the past generation. Uh, I asked Robin to pick his essential games. I don't know what he picked. I picked mine. Uh, yeah, so I, are, you, are you ready? Do you have your list ready, Mr. Robin? I have a list ready, but, you know, I feel we need to define what does it mean to be essential? For me, according to me, uh, I would say an essential games of the generation is not my favorite games. It is not what I consider to be the best games. It is mostly what I would consider to say the games one must have to fully enjoy the consoles, uh, I'd say like wide range of gaming capabilities you know they're, i think they're good games first of all first benchmark is that it has to be a good game but on top of being a good game it has to um be something that you'll be like okay i got my money's worth on this console because of this game you know like uh i wouldn't have been able to play this on a ps3 or whatever that that kind of thing that's how i consider essential how would you define it when you told me to approach the concept of 10 essential games it's very, you know, it's confusing. You think, what do you, what does it mean? So the the idea I had behind my picks were ten games in this generation, which for a reason, you know, one reason or another, you you could play this game and you'd get a feel of like many similar other games in this in the generation, like something that. These are games which, to an extent, defined. Yes, defined the generation. Yes, that's a good way to like, put it. Like, if somebody says, okay, you can only play one game of this type, then yeah, maybe this one. Now, of course, you know, not all genres are made equal, sadly, but... Mm-hmm. Like, my list of games reflects, like, a lot of trends mm-hmm. you saw during the gen and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. That's what, you know, influenced my picks, so obvious we're going to have a number of picks which are similar so most likely <laughs> maybe an essential 15 list yeah 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 15 17 depending on how many we have which are the same what if it's essential 10 man what if we're in sync <laughs> doubt doubt <laughs> right your taste is so trash it's definitely not gonna be 10 mm-hmm. right uh, so what did, what did you start? At the very start, what? I actually ranked mine. Wow, you ranked? Wow, okay. So now I'm going to look like a lazy bum. I didn't rank mine. <laughs> and the number one most essential game of this gen is The Witcher 3. Easily. Wow. Easily. Hmm. Care to back that up? Witcher 3 came out in 2015. Okay? Mm-hmm. Five years ago. We're in 2020 now, and like everything, like when you hear an open world RPG has come out, do you know what people say? 
They ask, oh, how are the side quests? Are they similar to The Witcher 3? Oh, how is the story, the writing? Oh, is it similar to The Witcher 3? The bar of, it's not just the bar of quality, but like the man, the mainstream appeal combined with the bar of quality and then the reach which The Witcher 3 got is, it was massive. Like so many people know that, oh, The Witcher 3 is the gold standard for open world RPGs of that type. You're getting games which are copying The Witcher 3 concept. You know, the new Assassin's Creed, The Witcher 3 clones. Just, it's it's so influential. It's very influential, yeah. It's had such a big influence in such a short time. And I feel like, you know, if you want to play a game this gen, that has to be the first one. You know what? Yeah, I was pulling a leg there. I don't know if I'll make it my number one. I haven't ranked mine, uh, but uh, I, I did mine according to yeah. I was doing mine according to uh, genre, and in RPG, Western RPG, The Witcher Three is there. I think that the writing is very good. The character stuff, the character arcs was very good. The attention to detail and the quest lines and the quest logs and the monsters and the side quest, how they weaved the side quests. You know, I actually don't think they're side quests. Like the real side quests are like the the, the monster um, thingies, okay. but like the yeah, but the actual side quests are the main quests really because they're connected to the main quest. So they feel very important. And some of the side quests are like better than the main story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in most true, cases. true, true. So like if you're playing The Witcher 3, absolutely do not just beeline the main story. Uh, just absolutely do your best to, to do the side quests. You're going to have a good time uh, with the side quests. And I, I hope, I don't think any other RPG uh, of that style has managed to replicate that yet. Um, but they, they do attempt to do it, which is good. Uh, and uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's the writing, man. Uh, the same way that I would say one of the most essential games of the PS3 era was Mass Effect 2. I would say The Witcher 3 takes that uh, spot for this generation. Yeah, it's, it's not just a great game, but, you know, you really think about just how, you know, when you think about the origins of CD Projekt Red as, a, as a, you know, a, a, a modding piracy company, and then you see <laughs> how big they are now and just how big the Witcher 3 made The Witcher as a brand, you know, Netflix series and everything. You just see it like now somebody said if you can pull a bunch of people what's the what's your favorite game this gen most of them will say the witcher 3 and i feel that influence it's for good reason yeah yeah the number one most essential game is the witcher yeah so that's one thing we both have that's one thing we both have (laughs) my number two pick uh-huh. is a game I haven't played, but it is a game which, you know, which I feel... Let me explain. There's a trend which really came out this generation regarding uh, live services. So, you know, service mm-hmm. games weren't as big before, but now you see all so many of them, you know, like a game is not just, okay, I've bought it and I'll play it. I'll play it either single player if it's multiplayer, I'll play it until a sequel comes out or anything like that. You're getting a lot of social media marketing, maybe even an esports scene, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, various methods of monetization. That is, you know, 
whether it's loot boxes or cosmetics, microtransactions, all that stuff. It's a trend we've seen. And I think one game which kind of encapsulates where a lot of that stuff comes from, you know, where where a lot of, not comes from, if I can say, but, you know, if you were to get one game to get a feel of the whole live service thing, Mm -hmm. and this was a very difficult choice to make. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Because I had two candidates here. The two candidates were Destiny and Overwatch, and I went for Overwatch. (laughs) I'd say it's Overwatch for me. (laughs) Because Destiny actually got a sequel. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think Overwatch is my second pick for most most essential game because it will give you a feel of, oh, I guess, you know, it's different now that the game's four years old or whatever, but it gives you a feel of that trend of live services, a game constantly growing with you, you are constantly putting time into the game and it's giving you content and all that stuff. And and of course, you know, it's a shooter and everything. Most of the games which do that to that extent, you know, the stuff like Division, Siege, Destiny, mm-hmm. they're all shooters. But I think, you know, Overwatch is my pick because in addition to that, it's also got uh, it's also got that Blizzard appeal. You know, Blizzard has got That's, a very yeah. dedicated fan base who love what Blizzard do. And, yep. you know, Overwatch has also got, you know, it's got that level of influence as well. Not just the people who like that sort of stuff. Even, you know, weebs love Overwatch, for example. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> that's, you know, that's why my second pick is Overwatch. Uh, and uh, second bingo, I guess. I also have Overwatch on my list. <laughs> uh-huh. Because I remember when I played the beta, and I'm very glad that I have this why I love using Twitter man because I, I, I talk about my feelings off the cuff and they end up being true when I played the beta I was like this feels like game of the year and everyone's like oh my god Dennis stop being a fanboy just because there's an Eva girl reference in there I'm like nah guys this is a really good video game uh, it feels good to play uh, it's simple to get into I can tell that there's a way to master it to have an esports scene which is doing pretty well but not as well as I think it could be. Um, I think Blizzard are a little bit too hands-on on that thing. Esports kind of thrive best when you kind of just leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and let it kind of be Wild West. I know Blizzard are very scared of that because they're, you know, <laughs> very protective of their IP. But if, I feel like if they just let it go, it could explode even more. Um, yeah, I, I, the gameplay in Overwatch is amazing. Uh, they kind of popularized the whole loot box. The whole word loot box comes from Overwatch. It existed before Overwatch, but it's what really made it extremely mainstream. So they their uh, monetization, uh, you know, their whole roadmap thing, it, it all kind of didn't start, I would say popularized and perfected, I guess, by Overwatch. Um, uh, so I, I, yes, it is very, very influential. Uh, and on top of that, it's also a very good game. It was my game of the year that year. Um, and I think it has a shout for game of the generation, even uh, in, when it comes to talking about some of the best games of this generation, I think it's in the conversation. Uh, and I think if you are into f- shooters, team-based video games, 
if you want to play a casual shooter, you know, you don't really play shooting games, but you want to get into one, Overwatch is a game you have to have in your library. It is essential. You know, it, it says a lot that even a game which I've never played, I can just admit that, hey, this has <laughs> been pretty big. You should try it, man. It's, it's fun. It has waifus. <laughs> Look, why waifus are not enough to win me over to, to everything. <laughs> <laughs> Paimon will not be pleased. <laughs> Overwatch for me is, yeah, as we've said, super influential. Microtransactions, loot boxes, a lot of the controversy about loot boxes started, you know, started with Overwatch and then got ba- massive with Star Wars Battlefront. Star Wars. Where the conversation, you know, just came to a head and it's like, oh, Blizzard luckily got, got away pretty scot-free from that. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of the trends and whatever you're seeing this gen, Overwatch did have a big influence bringing it to the mainstream and letting people know about it. And, you know, that brings me to my third pick, which could have been my second pick as well, which is, it is similar in a way to Overwatch and having alternative monetization, live service, esports, ongoing, whatever. So you think, why am I putting another game of that nature? I just listed Overwatch. The reason I'm doing that is because in this generation, we have had a whole new genre arise and mm-hmm. take shape and, you know, take a big place in Battle Royale. Overwatch is a team shooter and, you know, those Siege and Division, those are all team shooters. But you can't say, I can't in good faith say, you know, that I can't not include a Battle Royale in my most essential games <laughs> of the generation list, considering how many people play Battle Royales. <laughs> That's why from the third game I list is Fortnite. Because, you know, it's okay. not the first Battle Royale, but it's mm. the biggest one. <laughs> it is. It is the biggest one. Still the biggest one. Um, yeah. Uh, have you played Fortnite? I've downloaded it, but like playing <laughs> it. Nah. Like you never, not even like a round? <laughs> nah. The only Battle Royale I played, and that was even for a bit, was Apex. Interesting, interesting. I, I played a bit of Fortnite. I played like, I don't know, I think five hours of it. Sucked. Uh, but I can, it, man, it's grown. It's changing constantly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, every time I, I, look, every time I don't need to it, play different. Fortnite to say it's a bad game. It's a good game, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a good game. I think what it's done for the culture is amazing. Uh, for me, when I knew Fortnite was big, you know, you see all these articles or whatever, you know how big Fortnite is or whatever. For me, when I knew it was like, okay, this is transcended gaming, is when at the World Cup, half the celebrations oh. were Fortnite dances. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's a phenomenon. You, you can't escape Fortnite wherever you go. Love it or hate it, you know. I'm not interested in Fortnite because I hate the art style, but when I look at some of the mechanics and stuff, I can tell this is a very deep game. There's a lot going on here. It's, it seems like a very deep and technical game when you look at the stuff which people are handling at the same time. But, you know, you know, I just because I don't like... I don't like one aspect, you know, I don't like one aspect of it. That doesn't mean I can't recognize it. No, this is a must. If you want to get, you know, just play one game, get a feel of Battle Royale and 
how you know how big battle royale is and how big free to play games are as well that's another important aspect of fortnite it being free to play mm-hmm. free to play cross progression cross play that's a you know i i think this is something i also should have mentioned when introducing fortnite as this game mm-hmm. on my list because it's a trend this generation breaking down the barriers to play mm, yes making accessibility to games easier fortnite is on android and ios it's on pc it's on playstation it's on xbox it's on switch you can play it wherever your stuff carries over you don't pay anything to play it it's like it's so easy to oh, it's not on ios anymore whatever <laughs> it's so easy to just access fortnite and that ease of access you know not having to i mean pay 60 not having to Dude, have call expensive... of duty warzone is free that's crazy a call of duty game or a mode at least but it's still yeah, a game a mode, man like yeah. it's free i would never have if you told me that five years ago i'd have laughed in your face <laughs> See, and do you think Warzone would have happened or been free without Fortnite? Absolutely not. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, even though PUBG and whatever came before Fortnite, Fortnite is just you know, it's gargantuan. If you want to it play is. just one battle royale, you know, it also has lots of modes. It's got solos, doubles, whatever. If you want to play just one battle royale to get a feel of what this battle royale trend has been this generation, it has to be Fortnite. Yeah. No, I, and yeah, was I, that third I, bingo or you've got another pick? No, I have another pick. I figured you would have Fortnite on your list and I didn't want to double down on Fortnite. <laughs> It would have been third bingo, but yeah, no. I I I I skipped Fortnite for this one. Um yeah, so for my third pick, I'll cuz I I went by genres. I I went by uh, like a, a tactical game. So I know it's not a very popular genre. um it's kind of niche but i feel i feel like one of the best games ever made came out in this generation in the tactics uh genre and that was um XCOM 2 i truly believe uh cuz I, i played it on my pc first and i also played it on uh ps4 when it was out on ps plus for free that game is almost perfect the release on ps4 i know a lot of the bugs that were on pc it's a really good version of the game the extended dlc i'll say the expansion is really good it expanded a lot on the gameplay changed up your formula it's even the, the narrative you know uh, was really good the emergent gameplay stories that come from playing the game were really really good It was a miracle that this game came back. Uh, Enemy Unknown did really well and I didn't think they would follow it up with something as good or better and XCOM 2 was better than Enemy Unknown. So, you know, XCOM 2, man, just absolutely brilliant, awesome game. If you really like tactics games, one that you can even play on your console, I would highly highly suggest you play XCOM 2. It is an essential game to have in your library. If you had 10 games, And one of them was a tactics game. I'd say you should have XCOM 2. That makes me wonder, have has the tactics genre kind of had a renaissance this gen? Did you say I it? I think has? so. Fire, Fire Emblem uh Fire Emblem does the three houses. 
it does. It does. Why does it count? Because it's a tactics game as XCOM. But it's still tactics, though. And Fire Emblem, was it Three Houses? The newest yes. one? The pilot? The, mm-hmm. Who's yes. that waifu milf everyone was thirsting over? <laughs> El, El, what's her name? Odegaard or something? El, Edelgard. Yes, Edelgard. Yeah, like I saw Edelgard on my timeline for like a whole year or whatever. Like everyone was playing Fire Emblem. Uh, it's, I love that game. Like personally, <laughs> that's pro- that's my favorite Nintendo game this generation. It's one of my favorite Nintendo games in general. But you know, like I, I, I couldn't put it on my list because why not? Of, why why wouldn't you put it on your list? Because you know that's why I asked. Has the tactics genre, you know, strategy RPG, whatever, had a min? I don't feel like strategy RPG has gotten you know was was that big enough because it feels like Fire Emblem is the only you know. Is the only mega seller, and you know it's not selling because of its tactics. It's selling because it's got waifus and anime. <laughs> That's not true. People really like the gameplay. If it was selling only for waifus and anime, people wouldn't stick with it. But they stick with it, and they get attached to the characters, and they try other uh, Fire Emblem games. You know, they try yeah, other. Fire Emblem games. has been in a weird state. You know, when it came back in twenty. Fire Emblem died for a bit. It came back in twenty thirteen with Awakening. And Awakening had waifus. It's like, oh, okay, Fire Emblem is back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think it's having a bit of... I think the whole strategy genre is kind of having a bit of a resurgence. Crusader Kings was huge on the PC. Like, I know it's one of those things which is like, who plays that game? But it's huge. People like... Kudo Manager is bigger than ever. It's now in the top five, top six concurrent players on Steam constantly. You know, um, what's this other strategy game that people are always playing? Uh, Civilization Six was very big, you know. Uh, and it, can you believe I put XCOM Two over Civilization, and I and, <laughs> and all I play is Civilization. Uh, but like, th- that's how good I think XCOM Two is, and and I do think that uh, there is a, a a growth and a resurgence of tactics slash strategy games uh, coming back. Yeah, maybe. I had thought the same. I would definitely have said fire myself. You know, yeah. I would have allowed my <laughs> bias to kick in. And again, you know, Fire Emblem does. You know, three houses sold well. It sold like three million copies, which for the strategy, whatever genre, that's a lot. So that's a lot. That's a lot. So we've got Witcher Three, Overwatch, Fortnite, and XCOM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's a there. good library, man. That's a good library. If you had those four games, I'd be like, mm, this is a man of class. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good library. I'm going to add another class game, which I consider essential. Zelda Breath of the Wild. Easy pick. Mm-hmm. Easy pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, uh, while, while The Witcher 3 is kind of like the quintessential open world RPG which everyone is trying to copy Breath of the Wild is that game which is like this is so unique that nobody is trying to copy this like <laughs> the talent you need to copy nobody's doing it so like you can't play any other game like this you know I, d- d- let's not discuss Genshin now but <laughs> you can't play any other game like if you want to play a game like Breath of the Wild you have to just play Breath of the Wild alone that's why I'm saying it's essential. You need 
you know, whether you love or you hate Breath of the Wild, there's it's just such a massive, you know, the zeitgeist it created, plus how, you know, how unique the game is itself when you just play it, you know, especially if you've been playing a lot of open world games. Mm-hmm. And then you play that, then you play Breath of the Wild, you're like, man, this is just something else. It, 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 it makes you feel something. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, yeah, that's our, like, my third bingo, I guess, because I also have Breath of the Wild <laughs> on my list. Um, not my favorite Zelda game. I'm very much a 3D Zelda traditionalist. I want my Zelda to have dungeons. I want uh, to get a, an item that I use on the boss, hit his weak spot three times and he nice. dies. <laughs> I, that's what I want. I want a story in my Zelda game, you know? But I cannot deny, when it comes to emergent gameplay, and uh, uh, which is a big word, like for people who don't, I guess, understand what emergent gameplay is, it is using the systems, this is going to sound really technical, using the systems provided in the game to create a unique solution to the problem. I know that sounds like a lot of words that just mean gibberish, but for example... I'm going to give an example to help you. In the game, you can row. A, you see a body of water, so you can either get some wood, make a boat, and row it with a leaf, and use a leaf to make to create wind and row the boat to go across, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can do what I did because you've got a power to make ice blocks. So I would just you can make up to three at a time. So I would just make ice blocks over and over again to cross it to cross the river that's what i would do so it's like yeah game has got multiple systems and solutions to all these problems and then it's up to you to just use those systems in whichever way you want yes yes that's exactly some of them i've even seen the devs admit and say oh wow i didn't know that could happen which is really <laughs> interesting <laughs> because uh, the only times I've seen people say that stuff is in uh, immersive sim games, which are full-on just system-heavy video games. Another game that was a really good emergent gameplay systems game was Metal Gear Solid Five. I almost put Metal Gear Solid uh, Five here, but I think Breath of the Wild takes the cake in terms of just how completely open-ended it is. Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. And, you know, it, it's obvious why we, we both had this game. It makes plenty of sense. Next to The Witcher 3, you know, I said, hey, ask most people what's their favorite game of the gen. Most people say The Witcher 3. The second highest choice will probably be Breath of the Wild. So, you know, it makes sense. It does. It absolutely does. Uh, It's a very good game. Uh, Absolutely outstanding. I'd say it's a really good first Zelda game. You know, almost every Zelda game is someone's first Zelda game and usually is their favorite game. The Zelda, I feel, you know, Putting my bias aside, this probably is the best Zelda game ever made. Absolutely. Um, I, I just have an expectation of what Zelda games are, and Breath of the Wild did not meet those expectations of mine. But that does not detract from the quality that the game has. It, it is hard to deal with Breath of the Wild fans. They're very, <laughs> you know, they're, they're very difficult, to say the least. Honestly. Like, this, is why, this, is, this is why I'm loving... I'm loving Genshin Impact talk right now. <laughs> they can't deal with it. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, Breath of Breath of the Wild fans are difficult to deal with. 
notoriously, you know, those of course the famous Jim Sterling 7 out of 10 which received him <laughs> all sorts of harassment for giving a 7 out of 10 and he never even said the game was a bad game. He just said, you know, it's a good game but I don't love it. And then so many people got mad. And you know, it shows that hey, if you've got so many people who are so religious about your game, then then maybe maybe you did something right. <laughs> Maybe you probably did. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. did. Maybe you did something right in making that game, and it's my second favorite Switch game. You know, personally speaking. What would you say is your favorite moment from the game? Whew. It has to be when I saw a dragon. You know. Oh yes. Like This the first is something like, which that? a lot of people experienced. When you see a dragon in Breath of the Wild, it's just like I am amazed. It's an amazing experience seeing a dragon in mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, and for me, it's definitely that. <laughs> Yeah, that was I, the first time I saw one. I was like, "Is that in like you know like is it is it just in the skybox?" You know, then you like, start following the... it, and then the music plays. And it's like, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah, wow, <laughs> amazing stuff. Really, really good. So yeah, Breath of the Wild is my fourth pick, fifth game overall. Mm. My next pick, my fifth game, is it's kind of like okay. So let me explain why I picked my. Fifth game. Mm. Mm-hmm. You see, Sony's first party this gen. <laughs> I know been, what you're thinking. <laughs> it's really it's cool, it's cool, gone cool. to another level. Uh-huh. Like in terms of recognition for Sony first party games, before you know, people liked on the PS3 gen. People liked Sony first party games. Yeah, sure. But the heights they've soared to this generation. Like in terms of just general mind share, critical reception, awards, how fans love them and all that, it's really it's it's gone up a notch for sure. Like mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can disagree. And Absolutely. to pick one game from Sony's first party studios to say what is the essential first party Sony game, when somebody mm-hmm. asks you recommend one, one, it, yeah, here we yeah, go. It, it's obvious. It, it's obviously going to be God of War. Like it, it can only be like keep keeping it serious. You know what? I hate to admit, but I also have God of War on my list for the exact same reason. Yeah. This was the hardest one for me. I was like, if I had, if someone came to me and said one, and I and I put it under the genre of Sony game, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the the Sony game TM. If someone okay. had asked me and say one Sony game TM, I was like, man, I really like The Last of Us Part Two, but it's. It's such a meta game. Does that make sense? Like you it, only really it, appreciate. It's doing a lot of funny things. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't think someone is going to play that and go like, I, they'll probably play it and be like, it was alright, I guess. I don't know. Pretty good story. Interesting characters. Said a lot of deep stuff, but I don't know. You won't really feel the gravitas of it, especially if you, let's say you never played Last of Us Part One. Exactly. I thought of Uncharted Four, uh-huh. which is an amazing game. But also, it's the fourth one of those, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I also really like uh, Detroit, but it's not. I wouldn't call it essential. Yeah. Um, I think you can get those experiences elsewhere. Right. right. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, very That's good. That's my Kinda personal flow. favorite of the Sony first party. Like it you is? know, of the Sony, you know, Bloodborne doesn't come because from from software, but like of the actual uh, internal studios, Horizon was my favorite. But like. If I'm being objective, God of War is like the better game. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also really like Horizon, but mostly because I like Aloy and uh, uh, Thingy. Uh, her voice actress is my wife. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Ashley Birch. Uh, yeah, um, so I'm very, very biased when it comes to Horizon. But I do have to admit that God of War transcended what I, th- I think it transcended its audience. Maybe I just didn't pay attention to how big God of War is in the past okay, it was always big, big but not that big <laughs> yeah not that big yeah um it yeah it's a very damn it's a very good game uh very well acted really good themes you know uh the quintessential quote-unquote dad game <laughs> uh yeah geez really good game uh yeah. i have to agree with you there and i think you know it also tickles that itch for a lot of people who like you know it, it's also a really good gameplay experience like there is mm-hmm. depth to be found in the gameplay which wasn't in the previous games like you know the previous games have a more fun combat system in some respects you know like in terms of i think combos, they're better juggling I think, and stuff yeah i think it's better i think i but, i had more fun playing the older games i i like gameplay wise god of war 3 is my favorite game because but that's because of boss fights the topic yeah. for another day but like mm, there's a level of deliberation with god of war 2018's gameplay which is like you really just how it's designed in general the closer camera how you've got less moves but you feel more in control of those moves and all that uh, the obvious souls influence you know with the trigger buttons to attack but like mm-hmm. all that stuff in it 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 appeals to different people but it 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 really works like you can there's few people you know unless you're one of those hardcore unless my game unless playing this game will ruin my fingers i don't have fun type of person <laughs> you can't play god of war and say that hey this combat sucks unless you're one of those you know like your gameplay has to be supremely technical but no you just play god of war and it's like man this is this is fun i'm enjoying this the impact of what i'm doing all of this this is fun so it's like mm-hmm. it nails that part and then the story part is also really good it, it a lot of people really enjoyed the story i really enjoyed the story it's got some fantastic moments you know um, the blades of chaos moment is like one of the defining moments yeah. of the generation <laughs> in yeah, my opinion yeah. it's so good but but yeah in terms of like sony's first party exclusives you can't mention them you can't mention this generation without talking about sony's first party exclusives growing bigger and part of that and you know one essential game to put that in you know one bow it's mm-hmm. definitely god of war i fully agree and i know that's going to be a, a big uh, crowd favorite <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you can't hate like even if you don't think god of war is amazing like you can't just you, you can't say it's terrible you just have to look at it and say man even if i don't think this game is amazing got to recognize this game is really well made so even when i see people trying to trash the game i'm like it it's so rare seeing people trying to trash the game yeah reaching yeah like dude you're reaching <laughs> you're, you're kind of, you're kind of 
itching for something to bash the game over. And you know, yeah. that's that, that's why it has to be the essential Sony pick. Another bingo for us, I guess. <laughs> Another bingo. And yeah. Now we're going into, you know, those are the five major ones, I think. For me, you know, I tried to pick five really essential ones and then after this maybe my biases will start to show a little bit because it's good because now some of my picks will be kind of for more reasons which which I have to justify more than the previous five I picked. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Now it get interesting. Let's let's see. Yeah. Let's see. And the first is that's the sixth game on my list. It's RDR2 Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay. I was contemplating adding that I did it. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Why Red Dead 2? I've got you know I have a love-hate relationship with Red Dead 2 personally. That's cuz I find it utterly terrible to play. It is a pain to play. <laughs> it does it tries its hardest to annoy me uh, so often. But then I look at the at uh, the at what it does in terms of its story, characters, themes and how it ties it with the game and that is done so masterfully like mm. wow yeah like you know it's a game which when you finish then you look back at it you know despite the game being like despite the in the moment the game being terrible to play because of its uh, need to be hyper realistic it's awful to play and then you finish it and then you look back at it you see where the characters are now the journey they took to get there the 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 writing work voice acting whatever and you're like okay this is this this is quite something this is yeah red dead 2 is the quintessential prestige game yes i was yeah i was i had that i i yeah i had a prestige game yeah absolutely <laughs> it's a prestige game yes. it's like you know you know how certain movies are made just to win oscars mm-hmm. red dead 2 is that but for video games yes absolutely, absolutely. it's crafted it it's crafted in such a way that it's like yeah they're really trying to tell this story and you know even though it would negatively impact the gameplay because they have to be super realistic they have to you know make a few bad choices on mission design have a, some <laughs> questionable slogs mid game and whatever but it's like it really it really really works out for what they were trying to do with the themes of Arthur and you know his redemption you know, pun intended mm-hmm. whatever his redemption mm-hmm. story his his motivation the realization of 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 you know consequences of your actions and what they have for others around you and the generations past you and how it enhances you know red dead 1 the game after it the chronological oh, it really does like it makes it's almost like i almost can't play red dead 1 after playing red dead 2 because like it's it so heavy you know <laughs> <laughs> it's so heavy So yeah. like, you know Red Dead 2 it's it's an accomplishment because because of that I, you know it it's something I look at Last of Us 2 the same way like wow this, this in many ways this is an accomplishment I'm very happy with what the dev team 
you know, the dev team, the amount of care they put in to tell this story and do whatever they were trying to do is like, wow, I, I am, I am impressed. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, impressed no, for with, me, the, with the craft. The production yeah. values. Yeah. The production values are, I think the best this generation. I think it is, you know, people laughed at quadruple A. Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2 is a quadruple A game. <laughs> like it really is a quadruple A video game. It's 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 something that took years to produce, and I don't think you can just be like I don't think I can just wake up, get three hundred developers, and say let me make Red Dead Redemption two. Like I nah, like it's <laughs> it is a masterclass in almost every aspect, and yeah, I, I agree. Masterclass in every aspect except the gun. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. a good pick. Yeah, my uh, we're at what five, six? Yeah. What am I at? We're we're going to six now. Okay, yeah, my sixth pick uh, is a game that I haven't yet played, but I really do want to play. I've watched hundreds of hours of videos of gameplay, <laughs> uh, and I think uh, is also extremely influential. And I don't know if it got big because of the pandemic. Or whatever, but uh, I think I think it's Nintendo's highest-selling Switch game, or something ridiculous like that. Uh, and that is Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Okay. Just a beautiful. God, what genre is this? You know, what genre is Animal Crossing? Life sim. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, as a sim game. Yeah, Animal Crossing. Just man, it's just good vibes, man. Like it's. It's a good time. It's a time sink. Even just watching videos is a time sink. It's it, it's a creative game. It allows you to express yourself creatively. If it's a, if, if, I don't know if it, it came at the right time, right place, but it absolutely blew up. You know, you've got Gary Witter doing a talk show within Animal Crossing, getting all sorts of celebrities on celebrities who I did not expect play Animal Crossing at all you know um uh you've got the biden harris campaign using animal crossing to campaign it's that big now yeah. um but it's just a really good video game actually like it's one of those games that again uh if you're new to video games uh you can absolutely jump in and have a good time a family game a game that a, a subgenre of games that i feel is dying on the triple a space you know a good family kids game you know we grew up with triple a kids games but how many triple a quality kids games would you mention off the top of your head right so um i think for that reason alone uh i i, I animal crossing is a game that you should have in your library in this generation uh if you're a gamer it's something you yeah you definitely need to have it's that that's a, a good pick a good pick you know there's mouth the thing is animal crossing there's multiple reasons to say why it's essential and you know the reason why part of the reason you know uh, the switch nintendo switch release on the nintendo switch gets you you know if you get switch hype you get such a massive boost in exposure and sales and all that stuff so that's you know you know i've got a different game for that to pick for that reason but you know mm-hmm. animal crossing did benefit 
in that regard. And then, of course, it did benefit from, you know, the pandemic and it just being a quality game, timing, all that stuff. You know, it, it, it's nice to see. It is nice it to is. see. It is. An absolute contender for Game of the Year. Like, legitimate contender for Game of the Year. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So, my seventh pick is emblematic of Game Pass. Okay. Once again, you cannot talk about this generation without talking about Game Pass. You just can't. <laughs> just <laughs> like how before I said you can't talk about this gen without talking about Sony's exclusives growing big. You can't talk about this game without Game Pass. Game Pass has exploded in the years since it's come on the scene. And, you know, people are bamboozled by the value. You know, you pay 10 bucks, you get all these games. And then you get these games day and date and they're just so good. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, makes you wonder, how do you pick one game to be emblematic of, it, of Game Pass? Because Game Pass so many games. And I narrowed it down to... This, this was, you know, narrowing it down was difficult. Uh-huh, I'm very curious. <laughs> I went for Forza Horizon 4. Okay, interesting. I really wanted to say Horizon 3 because... You know, general consensus is Horizon 3 is the better game. But I feel like when Forza Horizon 3 came out, not as many people were into Game Pass compared to... You know, Forza Horizon 3 came out in 2016. Game Pass started in 2017. Forza Horizon 4 came out in 2018. So it was like uh, one of the big Microsoft games, you know, day one yes. Microsoft games. Yeah. Even on PC, I recall. Yeah, even on PC. So it's like, oh, with Game Pass, you will get Forza Horizon 4 for free. And the game itself, it's a quality game. It was a really yeah, nice showcase for Xbox One X hardware. You know, it had like 4K 30, 360. Yep. It, it was also massively packed with content and all that stuff. It's still getting content, DLC, whatever. And like, it's the quintessential live service game you get with Game Pass. Like, oh. I've paid 10 bucks for Game Pass. I'm going to get a bunch of stuff for free. But maybe I just subbed only for four. A lot of people just sub to play Forza Horizon to show off their heart, you know, to test their hardware out for the first time. And it's like, wow, I'm just going to keep playing this over and over and over and over. Of course, Forza Horizon has been like the premier racing game series this generation. You know, racing games have kind of sunk this gen. They've really suffered. Yeah. And then you've got Forza, which is standing alone, like way above everyone else. And then you're getting it just for $10. So it's like, wow, this is a real good show of Game Pass's quality. True, true, true. Yeah, nah, yeah. Uh, I was curious which one you'd pick for the uh, Game Pass stuff. And I think Forza Horizon is a, a very good choice. I don't play racing games, but even I was caught up, or I noticed the Zeitgeist around Forza Horizon 4. Uh, you know, even on the PC side of things, people were playing that game, people were talking about it. Um, the concurrent numbers in that game were insane. The amount of fan-made stuff in the game is, is huge as well. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I respect that choice. <laughs> yeah. As my Game Pass choice, yes. yes. Yeah. Very good choice. I had Forza on my list, but I am going to cheat. I'm going to remove it so I make space for one of my other things. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, 
removing Forza has made space for me to talk about uh, a game that I think everyone should try out. Uh, that I'm going to say, you know, we had a lot of remasters and remakes. You know, people are like, oh, we're just making remakes now and stuff. Um, mm. And I think uh, this particular remake, um, I think, is one of the best, if not the best remake. Um, because it's got what was done before and put it in this new game and made it better. But still managed to capture the soul of the previous game to the point where if someone asked me which one should i play as a purist as someone who has that original game on like his top 10 games of all time i would pick the remake over that original one and that is resident evil 2 remake okay. um so and i also wanted to be the emblematic one for both the remakes and the horror genre if you want a horror game this generation I think the indie space has better or more thrilling experiences. But like as just a good AAA video game, Resident Evil 2 Remake is absolutely outstanding. It is a really, really good game. It was my game of the year, the game that the year that it came out for good reason. About Death Stranding. Yes. I well I didn't play Death Stranding that year. Okay. Uh, so that's why it won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't play Death Stranding that year. But I think I actually think I might have still picked Resident Evil 2 Remake. It was so good. Like the Resident Evil 2 remake was so good that because I was playing it at the same time as Robbie because he's a, a big fan as well. Yeah. So I'm playing it and I get into the police station, right? And, you know, my eyes water up because uh, I'm, I'm like, fuck. You know, like I, I call Robbie, I'm like, dude, this game is so good. And I'm playing using muscle memory. But it's not exactly the same. But I'm like, it's the same, but it's not, you know? But, you know, like it, it made, ah, you know, uh-huh. that feeling like... It rings a bell. Like, yeah, like it, 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 uh, that scene in Ratatouille when the critic tastes the food and it takes him back to his childhood. It's that exact feeling, <laughs> you know? Like it took me all the way back to the N64 because I played RE2 on the N64. It took me what? all the way back. <laughs> That's why I had access, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it took me all the way back there and like, wow, this is, this is really good. You know, like this is excellent. And... You know, they changed a lot, but it did feel like massive changes. It was not stuff I would complain about. It's stuff that made the game better. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cheesy story because Resident Evil is, was cheesy in the very beginning. It's uh, always, yes. but, it's got, but it's got lovable characters. You know, Leon is good. Ada is good in it. Um, you know, like all the characters are really, really good and endearing in, in the game. And the, the, the gameplay, the gunplay is very good. Um, it's a really good game for like replaying like you know you played and you know played again in different like it's it's a game you keep coming back to for perfect runs and stuff like that Mm. um yeah just absolutely wonderful game if you really like horror games resident evil 2 man uh yeah you you touch on a nice point there with remakes and remasters and like i feel like i could have included that you know as a a part of my like categories or reasons for why my one of my picks would be essential but i didn't because you know i had a bunch of other picks and other reasons that's why i'm saying you know these bottom five my biases now start to show a bit but it's like mm-hmm. I, I i get it yeah remakes have become a big thing this year it's easier because you've got some material but 
again it's harder because fans of the original are rabid yep you don't get it right <laughs> like the yep. re3 remake so many people don't like that one yeah yeah so it's like okay that's there's a the it, it's a trend that we have to accept and i i don't know how much more we're going to see of that as we, i think we'll see it more in this upcoming gen give yeah. me final fantasy 6 oh my god <laughs> you you see a lot of fans when you see oh clamor for a remake they clam clamoring for a game you see they're just clamoring for a remake they just want remakes it's really weird and again it's not you know i'm one of those types who's like i will accept whatever the dev team wants i will play whether you make a remake or a remaster or a new ip i will whatever the dev team wants as long as i like the dev team but i generally do prefer you know uh, new ideas over remakes but yeah, yeah, you know sure. remakes sometimes can be sick and i get why they are done and you know i love ff7 remake for example i'm looking forward to the demon souls remake so oh, i'm sure we'll see more of that yeah we definitely will for sure my next pick my eighth pick is one i alluded to you were talking about animal crossing that's you know the switch hype nintendo switch uh-huh. when you manage to get the nintendo switch fan base on your side you know to hype up your game or whatever the success which you see is incredible yep <laughs> on certain circles on the internet we call it the switch boost where it's like <laughs> even if your franchise wasn't that big by releasing on switch you are just going to achieve another level of success yep hades so, like, <laughs> so even stuff like xenoblade they released a remastered version of it on switch and i think it's out, already outsold the older wii and 3ds versions at this point wow okay uh, that's if i'm not mistaken but i know like hey I'm, hey you you better thank people like me for that zero blade thing on switch cuz we fought for that thing to come to the wii we petitioned we wrote articles <laughs> what was it called project it had a oh, name should I, yeah it had a name yeah it had a name yeah i can't believe i forgot the name but i was fully fully part of that <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm happy for you guys to see your franchise grow so big. <laughs> and I actually like Xenoblade 1. I I did like it. It's good, yeah. But yeah, the Switch boost is it it's real. So Donkey Kong which released on the Wii U when it got re-released on Switch, Switch sales are already higher, stuff like that. It's a common thing. Yeah. And If I was to name a Nintendo franchise, that would be too easy because it would just be Animal Crossing. But the Switch boost doesn't just apply to Nintendo games. It also applies to third-party games. So, like, if you're a Switch exclusive, even just for a little bit of time, or you are marketed particularly towards Switch players and, like, and then the Switch fan base likes your game and hypes it up and all that stuff, get a massive boost which you maybe wouldn't have even gotten if you released multi platform believe it or not you know true. seeing the effect of social media and stuff that i do feel that's kind of true and i think no game encapsulates this more than hollow knight okay because like good pick hollow knight released on pc first it released on pc first then it released on switch then it released on the H- on, you know the ps4 xbox one whatever but mm-hmm. for a long for the longest time people were saying oh hollow knight is perfect for switch or oh hollow knight <laughs> is the perfect switch game 
Yeah. And you know, I guess it also twofold. It narr- it gets the thing about indie games. You know, my mm-hmm. saying at all, indie games are still growing. Though, you know, I feel the indie zeitgeist happened in PS3 journey. But yeah. showing that, oh, indie games getting that boost from Switch marketing and the power of the Switch, you know, getting the Switch boost, Hollow Knight really demonstrates that, in my opinion, more than any other game. Another one was Celeste. You know, Celeste released on multiple platforms, but like... Mm-hmm. A lot of Switch fans took to it. It's like, oh, it's an indie game, perfect for Switch, whatever. It wasn't exclusive when it launched, but yeah, the Hollow Knight being exclusive, I don't think it would have gotten as big as it did if it wasn't Switch exclusive for a while. And you know, that's as, in addition to it, you know, just being a really good Metroidvania-style game. It, it's fantastic. I love Hollow Knight, but it it really shows the power that the Switch has for sales of games. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, uh, in terms of like the Metroidvania subgenre, which I would say now is one of the biggest genres in gaming, <laughs> what a weird thing to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, maybe because I'm so hooked into that genre because I'm a big fan. But like, there's a lot of them, man. There's a lot of them. They're all you know, like spoiled for choice. Remember, uh, there was I, the time when indies were coming out and they were just pixel platformers. Right yeah. now, every indie is a Metroidvania. <laughs> yes, yes. And the, the, the ironic thing is that there was a while there where you only had two choices. It was Metroid or, or the next Castlevania game. Like that was, <laughs> if you liked that genre, those were your only choices. And the pickings were slim. You had to have a 3DS uh, and to play the Castlevania games. And you also had to like, uh, get the blood of a virgin to hope for a new metroid game so 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 (laughs) hey metroid prime 4 is coming it's in development rare uh who's this not rare what are these guys retro Retro. working on it it's gonna be game of the decade when it comes out can't wait hype let's go uh yeah so (laughs) it's good that now we have uh more choices as gamers for that genre and more people are getting to know about it and uh and play them and they're even being the 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 metroidvania aspects are even being added into other bigger genres of games which i think is cool yeah but yeah i I fully agree hollow knight very good game the switch boost i think if you want a good example of the switch boost right now just go online search for hades video game another one that's another one (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and you'll see how much uh, the Switch boost is actually very real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hold on, good game, very good game. Very good game. Okay, so I think we're, you know, I don't think that's another bingo. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I am going to go with uh, one that now I guess is very much... You know what, no, this is an essential game. I think you have to have this game now that it's on all platforms. Uh, it's a franchise that has been sleeping or is kind of under the radar. It's one of those games that you talk to someone and like, is this game good? And they're like, yes, it is. It's probably one of the best games in a subgenre. Ah, and, yeah. the on- and the only reason you haven't played it or you don't know about it or whatever or you're not hyped about it is because you haven't played it. Everyone who touches this game becomes a fanboy. I have not met a person who has played this game and not become a fanboy for the entire franchise. And I'm very glad that it is now on all platforms and it is an, ex- it is an expected release for the new consoles. 
the hype is real, the quality is there, and that is Yakuza Zero. Yeah, I knew it. Everybody needs oh. to play Yakuza Zero. Yeah. Now I've you've met someone who played Yakuza Zero and didn't like it. Wow! <laughs> what is this? Mm-hmm. Anyway, How go is on. that possible? We'll, anyway, we'll, let me let me we'll let, let me make later. my case. Let me make my case. So, Yakuza Zero. I've gone on record multiple times and said this. It is the Mass Effect Two of this generation in terms of character storyline stuff. The main reason you like Mass Effect is because you like Shepard, you like Liara, and you followed their stories for three games. You know, they 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 grew, you know, they quarreled, they whatever. It's all about characters. And Yakuza as a franchise is all about characters and drama. And it's a soap opera. It's a mafia soap opera that is very heavy. It's very, very heavy. Um, really dark, really like intense. You know, pretty violent as well. Um, but, and the developers know this. They know that this is really like heavy stuff, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's heavy stuff. And to, they give you a little bit of, you know, sugar to, to take down that bit of pill with. And, and the, the, the sugar is the side quests, you know, the, the collectible stuff. It's, it's all really funny and wacky, but it's not irrelevant. It adds to the experience. Some people can argue and say that the side quests are the best part of Yakuza. I don't think so. They're very good, but I, I like the, the, the drama stuff. That said, I'm very much a drama head. I like my Oscar bait movies. And Yakuza Zero is an Oscar bait movie. Like the main storyline is that. Um, the gameplay, I like it. It can get repetitive, I admit. Uh, but really, you're there for the quirky stuff. You're there for the storyline, for the growth. Uh, and it's just unique, fun experience, you know? Uh, and that's why I think everyone should have Yakuza in their library this generation. And Yakuza Zero is the perfect place to start because it's the beginning of the story. And I think it is, I haven't yet played Yakuza 6, but I think it's the best Yakuza game I've played so far. Yeah, Yakuza is, it, I'm happy you've mentioned Yakuza now because my next pick is going to really tie into Yakuza. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, it, it, it's really blown up. And then, you know, now they've put it on Game Pass. You know, Phil Spencer and Sega in, are in a bed together. So they're like <laughs> really close. And it's kind of getting a certain level of recognition it never had before. So many mm-hmm. people want to try Yakuza. It used to be that niche series where, oh, where an other developer has to pay for the English translation. It reached that mm-hmm. level. And then now you're seeing it's big. Not semi-big anyway. It's not really it's not massive, but it's like big yeah. now. You've got big me you, you know, it's it, it's make it's making memes meme meme land. You remember the, you know the, the, the karaoke song which became a meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My personal experience with Yakuza Zero is that I tried it for maybe five, six hours. I didn't really like the gameplay. The story was good, but the gameplay wasn't enough to win me over, so I just dropped it. But like, I can't hate on Yakuza. Like, there's, there's, I, I can definitely understand why so many people love the series. The characters really seem, you know, some really cool-looking characters. The wackiness—it's just such a unique. It's so unique to itself. 
remember in the long yeah. time ago people used to say oh yakuza is gta in japan but it's like no 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 that's not absolutely not and i never say that because it comes up all the time is gta it's nothing nothing like gta <laughs> it is complete it's its own beast it's so different yeah. it's so unique compared to other stuff so yeah I, i can see why you say it's essential and if i was going to have picked yakuza it would have been for a different reason which is the reason why i'm picking my ninth game uh, that's you know the semi oh, funny story funny story mm-hmm. funny story uh when picking uh when buying a console right and i was buying the ps4 because i got it late i was thinking what game should i get it with because i want a game that because I'm, i'm a pc gamer right mm-hmm. so it's like it's a game that's definitely not gonna come to pc ever you know a game that i'll only play on ps4 it's the only one I'll get to play here you know a proper proper exclusive uh that's also a game that I'm not going to borrow from anyone because no one's into and that was yakuza <laughs> yeah it was the big eh? and now yeah cuz it was everywhere. not an anything just one now it's an everything and that doesn't show you how like essential it is as a console product i guess or whatever yeah but yeah yeah you can go on yeah If I was going to pick Yakuza it's like there was this sort of renaissance of Japanese games towards the halfway point of the gen you know last gen was bad for Japanese games they really yep. struggled with the transition to HD development mm-hmm. and then you come then this gen comes along and the start again is kind of rough but like by mid gen you see that wow they're really you know they've really got themselves together their their engines are now working they're, they're they're in a much better place their sales are higher critically people like their games more stuff like that so that mini renaissance happened 2017 was kind of an emblematic year for that lots of really cool japanese games blew up in the west mm-hmm. you know not besides the stuff you'd expect to sell well like obviously you know pokemon will always sell well final fantasy will sell well. all that stuff but like now even other franchises kind of blew up yakuza being one of them uh near being another one and my actual pick that's persona oh i thought you got a pick near okay okay persona okay yeah 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 persona <laughs> blew up like you know persona was always like oh it's niche but people like it you know it's got a dedicated fan base but with p5 persona 5 it's like the blow up is massive so big that persona fans don't like persona 5 fans they say oh no it's the persona 5 fans nobody likes them because they just started with persona 5 you know, it, it, it it blew up way more than 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 you'd expect it's like the timing was perfect for persona 5 to release and it shows you know it signifies something for me that hey the lower you know relatively lower budget japanese games p5 is high budget obviously but like compared to the final fantasies and the tendo games of this world obviously it's not budget so like mm-hmm. from a from the less you know from the lesser known franchises franchises which aren't known for being sales monsters when you see p5 and it's like wow this has been received so well and again it's also kind of like if i was to pick a jrpg to to say what's the jrpg one single jrpg to pick for this generation it would also be p5 mm-hmm. i think it's you know kind kind of the most emblematic uh, jrpg of this gen 
as well as showing the tape smaller japanese yeah, not smaller japanese games but like traditionally games which weren't so as much they are also seeing much more success commercially and critically and i think p5 just puts all of that together and then of course you know my personal bias kicks in it's a game i really like i like mm-hmm. i find the gameplay loop highly addictive i i'm a big fan of the characters uh the story especially you know the expanded royal is like this is this is super good uh, have you read uh, what's this is that superman's story uh what's it called i didn't even catch it because i don't really read comics <laughs> okay fine then, then it's okay i'm going to ignore that analogy but roy has got a very very good uh singular story to itself which which is you know, separate from the original five it it's like a it's set like a month afterwards oh okay but okay. you can tell that it hey, this is written by a different team because the difference in quality is you know it's quite big oh okay <laughs> like you know i like p5's story but then royal's story that is like on another level so it's like wow there's just so much to do with p5 so much that i like about it and it makes it easy for me to recommend it as one of this game just gens essentially i've wanted to get into persona games since persona 3 i think um i just never had access to it properly the best access i had to it was on emulation i tried emulating 4 but it was a bit finicky i liked the few hours i played of it but i just you know i played it and i was like this is really good i just i need to play this on like my tv on a proper console so i was waiting for persona 4 on ps3 never came <laughs> uh and uh and then they put it on vita and i'm like put it on a tv console on a real console you guys it's on pc now uh, now it's on pc yes so i think i'll finally get a chance to play persona 4 Yeah no it's it's a it's a good franchise I the, the only Atlas game I've experienced is Catherine and I love Catherine love it uh so I know I, I know that I like the writing Catherine. I like Catherine. I know that the, the writing and the characters are better in Persona so I know I'll I'll, I'll love Persona uh, and it has waifus so <laughs> so, so yeah it, it's definitely one to to love I that's a good pick I I yeah very good pick uh Persona So the five, very good pick. I have to pick this one. Personal bias, yes, but uh, man, this is—you <laughs> have to play this game. Uh, it's a game that I think, for me, gives me faith in Xbox Game Studios. Okay, okay, I don't want to see. And I heavily disagree, but okay. I know it is. It's got its issues, but man, when it comes to, you know, speaking, you know, I'm going to get a bit personal now. Speaking from a personal point of view, right? Like um, games are the best tool for empathy, I think, in my opinion. And they're the best way to get to learn something that you really didn't understand. And it is thanks to this game that my perception of the themes and the topics that it's covering absolutely changed. They did a complete 180. Um and i think that's important uh for that reason alone i also think it's a very good game i think it looks really good graphically um and i think it's one of the best indie games produced this gen 
does not count uh, as an indie game. <laughs> I mean, it, it is an indie game though. <laughs> 20 people worked on it, kind of self-published in a way, uh, and that is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. It is a game about mental illness, you know? The, the character has schizophrenia and they deal with their surroundings using their mental illness not as a crutch but as like a tool right to understand the environment and work through their feelings and their emotions and and all that stuff and it's very hard not to play the game and come out the other side with a new understanding or a feeling of empathy and all that kind of thing and, and that kind of stuff the gameplay made it some work it is pretty repetitive but I think if you play that game and you can and you understand that it's made by 20 people it's kind of I'd say like a double A game you know and you get to now think like okay what happens when this team has a hundred people working on one game and you know an unlimited budget and it's it, you know you make it a prestige game I think it's already a prestige game somewhat it but is, like it is. now but then now you like give it like the full budget and full backing and it's something that I, I think would I think it would change the world. I think if more people play that game, it would change people's perception to mental, uh, illness. mental illness. Yeah. And I think for that reason alone, it you have to have Hellblade Cinema Sacrifice. <laughs> I, I I can't agree, man. I just had such a such a this is where personal bias happens. And when I played Hellblade I had such a horrible time. <laughs> it's like, ugh, man. It was, it was like, it was a slog to play, similar to Red Dead Two. But yeah, yeah. That's unlike true. with Red Dead Two, the good aspects of it were not enough to outshine the the you know the bad gameplay aspects of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Like what can you know? Red Dead 2, I was willing to put up with the awful gameplay because see because seeing Arthur's story unfold, like I couldn't not watch this happen. This was it was it, watching Red Dead 2 happen and you know seeing everything happen to the crew, it's like this this is amazing. And mm-hmm. then but you know, Hellblade, it didn't speak to me on that level. Like I get what it was going for, but like it didn't just get you. No, I get that. I get that. It, 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 and, it, and it is pretty repetitive. I, I was, that's true. <laughs> it, it, it didn't grab me the way I wanted it to. I really, really wanted it to grab me the way it did with a lot of people. But then, you know, maybe, maybe it's the fact that I've got a grudge against Ninja Theory. Maybe it's that, that you know, <laughs> that it, because of that, it ended up sitting wrong with me. Maybe it's that, but like, it, it it just didn't do what I wanted it to do for me to the extent mm-hmm. yeah to the extent I wanted it so so for me like I definitely wouldn't pick it but I see why why you'd pick a game like that I, yeah. I, 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 I get it but like mm-hmm. for me it's just like oh god no never again <laughs> that's fair enough I totally understand that uh, yeah. point of view actually I've got, you know, I've got, I've got a bone to pick with Ninja Theory. They, <laughs> me and them don't see eye to eye. Me and Tamim, Antonia, whatever his name is, we, 
we, we if if we were to meet we we it wouldn't be a friendly discussion oh <laughs> uh, yeah and now my last pick yeah my last pick then remember my picks are in order so this would be by the game which i feel is the 10th essential 10th most essential game played this generation because they are in order mm-hmm. uh and that's you're going to disagree and i respect that you're going to disagree <laughs> i probably won't <laughs> you can't deny that they are right right now there is a whole new genre known as souls likes mm-hmm. can't deny that dark souls came out last year yes mm-hmm. and its influence is still being felt now because of so mm-hmm. many games both indie and triple a which are trying to copy the formula mm-hmm. god of war which i mentioned earlier has some influence from souls games for example and then you know that's just one game having a bit of influence that's not talking about an entire genre which has been created mm. where you've got the neos you've got even hollow knight as a souls like yep dead you've cells dead cells you've got all the uh, code vein and what so then it's like okay souls likes have been pretty important this year they're an essential part of this generation what is one mm-hmm. souls game to pick as an essential part of this generation And there's only one answer <laughs> yeah there's only one answer it's bloodborne easy because mm-hmm. it's like if you just say one souls game this gen you know it's only bloodborne because even amongst souls games it stands on its own as being something else it's mm. you know it does a lot of the traditional things with soul which souls games do hard bosses fantastic level design whatever whatever feeling of accomplishment but then where bloodborne really shines is its storytelling is re- is is immense like demon souls and dark souls and all those they all have good storytelling like everybody likes the more abstract storytelling of using item descriptions and whatever but bloodborne Maybe. pulls off pulls off uh, pulls off a twist really well i'm i'm going to spoil bloodborne right now it's a, it starts as a gothic horror you think it's just oh dark souls but with werewolves it's like van helsing souls and then you know slowly start to see okay maybe this isn't just a gothic horror and then by a third way through you realize wait a minute this is a lovecraftian cosmic horror not a gothic horror and mm. when that clicks in your head what you've been playing the whole time and how the game has been hinting it at you what you've been playing you know throwing little bits and pieces seeing saying oh this guy sucks your your sucks your brains out oh that's not a giant spider that might be an alien and then there's a point where you see a straight up alien that looks like the martian aliens from the generic movies like oh <laughs> just son a classic alien and shot lasers at me is that and then you start hearing of great old ones and then you play the dlc where you see giant squids as if it's a lovecraft style story you know the, mm-hmm. the dlc is extremely inspired by uh the the that lovecraft story about insmouth mm-hmm. and it's like okay this game deceived me and how it deceived me i am very very impressed so it's like even amongst 
Souls games, what Bloodborne does with its story just really makes it stand out. <laughs> okay, then I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never been sold on a Souls game, but what you've just told me is the very first time I've got, you know what? Maybe I should try that now. <laughs> like, yeah, the Souls game, Souls gameplay is not for everyone. And I can accept that. And the community around Souls games, they are, sometimes they're jerks. Like, Souls games <laughs> community. Look, the Souls game community is very weird in that if you ask for help, they are actually really helpful guys. Yes, that's but true. But <laughs> if you criticize the game, they will not be helpful to you. Not one bit. They will be, they will give, they will really annoy you if you criticize the games. But if you approach the games with an attitude like, hey, I want some help. Give me some advice. Or uh, I want somebody to summon me. Oh, I want to, you know, like, I want to help you, whatever. They are very helpful. Souls community has got some of the best guys from that point of view. But some of the worst when yeah. it comes to taking criticism. They will not accept any criticism at all. And I get that, you know, a lot of people, that community attitude can turn off a lot of people from playing Souls games. But I think, you know, again, with Souls games, you can play offline and you can just separate from everyone else. And I think doing that... And then experiencing a lot of what Bloodborne has to offer, you see that hey, From Software are really, really good at what they are doing. Mm-hmm. How they pull off that twist in Bloodborne is like, okay, this is, you know, I'm going, I'm going to take my sunglasses off and start clapping my hands. This is well done, <laughs> well done. And that's why I yeah. think you know ev- everyone has to experience that thing. You know, even if I've spoiled it for you, seeing it happen, you know the transition of the areas and how how very well paced it is how they placed the areas you know bloodboard is actually more linear than the souls games before it and it is very clearly an intentional choice to make bloodboard more linear and you can you know so that you get that progression of seeing seeing go from what whatever it is at the start to the more weirder side as you know we were talking about craftsmanship earlier with red dead and mm-hmm. I get that same feeling of craftsmanship, you know, like this was intentionally made to be really nice in that way. Bloodborne has that same effect. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I fully agree. Uh, Bloodborne is the only Souls game that you never hear me like drag on. Uh, I think that the original Souls games were extremely janky. I think that they are bad video they, games. They still are They still are <laughs> Uh, and every time someone's like, the gameplay is the best, I'm like, no, the gameplay is the worst, actually. Uh, <laughs> but I get why you like it. Uh, when I played Bloodborne, I was like, damn, this feels really good to play. Uh, I just suck at it, and I don't like challenge, and I'm not going to try, because that well, just frustrates it's, it's, me. It's allowed. allowed. <laughs> yeah, like, it just frustrates I... me, and I'm not going to have a good time. And the thing that gets me through challenge, because people come back to me and say, but you like XCOM and it's really difficult, which is true. The thing that gets me through XCOM and gets me through other difficult games is usually the story or art style. And I just really don't like the uh, Bloodborne, Lovecraft art style stuff. I really, really dislike it. So it does a lot that is very much against my my very specific little finicky sensibilities. Wait, are you but a fan of Berserk by any chance? I like the Berserk story. That's the Do you like the I art? Like. I respect the art. Oh, <laughs> fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I respect that. I'm not gonna like if I was 
going to commission an artist, I would not commission like I remember talking about Claymore, right? I wouldn't commission the Claymore or Berserk artist. But I, I'm not gonna say it's bad. It's very good. But I'm that's not gonna be like my top choice. Okay. If I want art in my home. Does that Dang. make sense? Dang. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the Berserk art like, I don't know the Bloodborne art style or aesthetic is bad. No. It's just not to my specific sensibilities. Okay. Uh, yeah. I can respect that. I'll respect that. Yeah. But I, I, and I, I'll parrot this again. It is the best Source game, uh, gameplay-wise. Coming from, take this from someone who thinks that the gameplay in every other Source game is not janky. It's just bad. I think it's very bad. But Bloodborne has very, very good gameplay. So if you're gonna pick a Soulsborne game, you should try gameplay, Sekiro. Then you should try Sekiro. Oh, I saw Kevin play Sekiro on the bridge, and it looked really cool. Oh, and also another thing with Source games, the whole story through items thing. Absolute trash. Hate that. Not gonna do that. That's something that puts me off. Uh, okay, but it looks fine. like Sekiro looked really interesting. Uh, again, I do like you know uh, Asian culture and all that stuff. So that also might be uh, something I try. I like stealth games, so there's some stealth-ish aspect to Sekiro, uh, and I'm pretty good at stealth games. So okay. uh, I'm, I'm I think going to I right can now get into that. sell you on Sekiro. I'm going to start trying to sell you on Sekiro. In that you you. Earlier said, one of the reasons you like Resident Evil is replayability. Mm-hmm. Sekiro is easily the most replayable Souls game because its format, you know, Sekiro gets rid of like the RPG elements. So there's like less variables in Sekiro. It's, oh, so there's less of that nonsense of, oh, uh, what was they call it? Fat row nonsense or whatever. <laughs> yeah, none of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sek- Sekiro is closer to an action game than it is to an RPG. Okay, that helps. So, like, you, it's one character, one build, much simpler. A lot of people say Sekiro is L1 spam the game because the key mechanic is, spa- is pressing L1 to parry. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's quite different. Plus, a lot of what Sekiro is trying to do is that it takes advantage of your Dark Souls muscle memory and punishes you for doing that. Okay. And I so, hate Dark Souls gameplay, so, so I might be good at it. If you don't have Dark Souls muscle memory, then Sekiro should maybe not be as hard. It's still hard as hell. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Sekiro's yeah. last boss in particular is like one of... It's legendarily like, man, even fans of the Souls franchise, they play that and they're like, man, I can't do this. If you want a Souls game that's kind of not for people who like Souls games, definitely try Sekiro. I recommend you try Sekiro. And it is a bit more deliberate with you. It's storytelling because... Your character actually does talk. You, you know, you don't yeah. create a character. The set character, yeah. more people actually, there is still a lot of stuff which is like hidden behind storytelling in Souls and just item descriptions. A lot of it is environmental storytelling. And yeah. I think Sekiro also has a lot of environmental storytelling. Yeah, that's but, clearly Miyazaki's like, I think that's his thing. Like, I think that's his number one thing. More than the whole you know, difficult gameplay, whatever. I think his main thing is the environmental storytelling. Like, you know, telling, using very detailed environments and a very distinctive art style to tell your stories. That really appeals to a lot of people, myself included, but Sekiro mm-hmm. is a bit more deliberate. It is, yeah. ba- it's published by Activision. So even though they gave them free reign, obviously, you know, there's a bit of some effect that they, Maybe this was kind of made to be a bit more mainstream. A bit more, yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, I will try Sekiro for sure. 
you know, Bloodborne's a good pick. I, I, I will not refute that one. <laughs> That's a good pick. Okay, my final pick. Goodness. Hmm. Hmm. Got a couple choices. Got a couple choices. But I am going to pick. I think if you have a PC, you're a PC gamer. This game is on consoles now. But I'd, I'd say it brought back. Uh, brought back. No. As of now, it is the apex in this genre, a genre which has been, whose king has been around for over 20 years. A game that some people say is the best game ever made, a game that other developers say could not be surpassed. And I think this game surpassed it in every single aspect. It is a, a, a gameplay feat, an emergent gameplay masterclass it is its story is also very good unique to each experience unique to each character that you make uh and that is divinity original sin 2 it is arguably the best rpg ever made taking the crown away from Baldur's gate uh and it was so good if you if you know anything about Baldur's gate you know it is the it's what made it's it's what gave bioware it's messiah status you know it's like one of those like this cannot be surpassed it's it's the half-life of its genre you know uh and divinity original sin 2 just did everything that bioware did back in the day and just surpassed it. the character action the character uh writing everything is voice acted every single character is voice acted even the pets that's crazy. You can talk to pets in this game if you have the perk, the perk or ability to talk to pets and they can assist you in quests and all that stuff. It is crazy. Imagine gameplay-wise, I always give this example. There is a, a, a teleportation device that, has, that works uh, in a, a particular way. You teleport from one device to the next device. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. You collect both of those things for a quest and you can either hand them in or just keep them for yourself. I kept them for myself. I used these things to cheese my way through mazes and levels constantly. And the game just allows you to do that. That's crazy. That's crazy. It just allows you to quote unquote break the game. And I thought, wow, I'm really clever. I've broken the game and there's a boss in the game who talks about me using that <laughs> a cheese strat and you go online and other people are talking about it and that's so crazy you know that it allows for such things it's a game where you have an ice ability and then you put lightning on the ice and that's a different effect and then you put rain on smoke on 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 fire and it causes smoke and the smoke has a certain ability and then you 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 put more fire on the smoke and then the smoke you know like it, it's it's nuts it's it's so game from a gameplay perspective it's it crazy. is it's crazy like the variables are so insane uh the game crashes a lot i've seen people try their best like just like how far can i take this you know like how much can i just destroy the ai in this because it just allows you to do stuff because of that and because of how revered it was, they were picked, handpicked, to make Baldur's Gate 3, a game which everyone thought could not be done. 
um, I don't even think Bioware thought they could reach those heights again. And it's in early access, and people are really loving the game. And I am hoping that it is as good as Divinity Original Sin 2 because it's you have to experience it. Like every time you talk to a Divinity fan, they'll keep rambling and rambling. I feel the closest example I can give, I say Divinity is the Fallout New Vegas of this generation. <laughs> okay. I'd say that's the best analogy I'd give. It is the Fallout New Vegas of this generation. Thankfully, not as janky, but it is something that when you meet a fan, they just like, it's the best game ever made, dude. You never experienced anything like it. Aha, they're very <laughs> evangelical about it. Yes, very evangelical about it. Uh, because it, 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 it was big, but not as big as, I, as its quality expresses, I suppose. Uh, it's, it's really, really good. So, yeah. Um, my other pick here was going to be Disco Elysium, but I think that's too niche uh, yeah. to say is essential. But I do think that if you do like RPGs, CRPGs, uh, for, uh, for that matter, I think you will not... This is the best one currently. Divinity Original Sin 2 is currently the best CRPG. You, you just have to play it. You have to experience it. So, uh, Divinity, I can't deny it or I can't make an argument. Like, I've heard enough about it to know that, okay, you know what? I see why so many people... My brother is a fan of Divinity. He has, he's, you know, we bought Divinity. I bought Divinity one for him. You know, he wanted it so mm-hmm. bad. That's uh, Larian Studios, correct? Yes, studio. Larian. So, like, rate at which the stock of Larian has risen is really high. Like, everybody really likes Larian. Like, mm-hmm. they're one of those man. These guys can't do no wrong right now. I'd say they're at the point of CD Projekt Witcher Two era. Yeah, I think so like, Baldur's Gate 3 is supposed to be their Witcher 3 moment. I think if Baldur's Gate 3 comes out and has that Witcher 3 thing where everyone plays and goes, wow, this is the, this is the new paradigm for RPGs. I think uh, they are on the cusp of that. You know, it's weird. I think they're one game away from that. You don't think Baldur's Gate 3 will be that Witcher 3 moment for them? Because of Baldur's Gate 3's release model. Or the early access thing. Yes, that alone... Plus, you know, not having the insane marketing which The Witcher 3 had means it won't be that moment, but they are one game away. Their next game just needs the right publisher, and I think they could do it. Yeah. And I I get what you mean, yeah. I hope that uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is word of mouth. Because Hades had the same early access thing, and people kept talking about it. They were like, this game's really good, this game's really good. I didn't touch it, uh, because I wanted to... I don't like playing early access games. I want to play yeah. the game in full. Uh, and dude, Hades has come out and obviously it's not as big as every other big game that came out, but it's still pretty big. Mm-hmm. You know, people are talking about it. So I'm hoping that Baldur's Gate 3 has that thing where everyone, I mean, if it comes out and it's 10, 10 out of 10 across the board, <laughs> people are going to go, what's that 10 out of 10 game everyone's talking about? Yeah, correct. Yes. Anyway. But I, but I do understand what you mean. Uh, they do need that big E3. Everyone goes, wow, what is that? You know, push kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I like I was saying, I think uh, I, I understand why you'd say Divinity. Like for something like, oh, CRPGs in general, they have, they, those definitely have had a sort of coming back up. And like Divinity kind of would encapsulate that to an extent. So yeah, I, I get why you say that. I respect it. I respect that. 
and we have come to a total of 16 games <laughs> very close with your 15 mark in <laughs> games it means we share we shared how many five i think yeah share we shared about five each and then different for the others which is which i think that that's a good and good enough variety so from the two of us if you are listening to this and you can get 16 games to you know maybe you never played anything this gen and you can get you get your hands on some of these consoles or pc whatever and you can play 16 games this is what you'd play witcher 3 overwatch fortnite zelda breath of the wild god of war red dead redemption 2 forza horizon 4 hollow knight persona 5 bloodborne xcom 2 animal crossing new horizon Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Yakuza 0, Resident Evil 2 Remake and Divinity Original Sin. Damn, that's a good library. <laughs> I I I don't think anyone would be too unhappy with that library. I don't think so either. That's a good library. <laughs> so, on that note, I, I think, you know, I think that's that's it for today's episode. If you've checked hmm. out those games, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts. you haven't i'd like you know it would be cool if you tried out those games i think that would be a pretty cool thing you should, should most most of them apart from the nintendo ones can be had for pretty cheap <laughs> yeah and they had for pretty cheap some of them free like fortnite so you know give those games a shot love to hear your thoughts of course uh, share the podcast with as many people as you can we'd love your feedback of course or you know maybe if you've got suggestions for a topic maybe something you want us to talk about or a question you know tell us about it and maybe we can answer that question or touch on that topic indeed indeed any any closing remarks dennis uh no i just uh you reading back that list maybe go wow that's that's actually a really good list uh yeah uh, it was it was a good discussion uh and a i'm very check. sure a lot of people will uh will appreciate those games and that list and uh, yeah thanks for listening and uh thanks for the support you guys